This is a 1984 Flyer Die podcast. the very first episode of the 1984 Fly Die Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Bayon. And this show is going to be very, very interesting, informative, and most of all, fun. You see, I want this show, this actual series, to focus on everything and anything. Anyone and everyone. Because that's what life's about. Life is about the experience, the adventure. And there's all kinds of people that make our adventures worthwhile. So tonight, I release the very first episode. And I'm excited about it too. With one of my homies, who's a visual artist, graphic designer, father, husband, and all-around excellent person, my main man, Kaheem Thomas. All right, enjoy. Uh, my name is Kaheem Thomas, and uh, I am one part of the group known as Equemini Dream, which is our collective. Sir, what is this collective about? Well, Equimini Dreams is consists of me and my wife. She's Aquarius. I'm a Gemini. And uh, Equimini Dreams is one of our favorite songs from Outkast. So we decided to use that as a name. Uh, we go by AQD2. Um, our art that we display is uh, 100% emotionally rhythmic. It, uh, it is supposed to invoke feelings. It's supposed to make you uncomfortable. It is supposed to uh, invoke excitement. Um, we do all of this for our kids, our twins, and uh, just to make a better life for them. So uh, hopefully, you know, this blows up and they don't have to work for nobody. Nice. That's always the dream of parents. Like, yo, I'm work, bust my ass off so my kids can have a future. And, you know, they can actually have a, a platform bigger than what I had. Exactly. You know, which, exactly. is, which is amazing. You know, um, exactly. I would applaud, but I don't want no feedback on my microphones. Man. I feel you. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's fresh ass microphones, man. But, um, so I saw that you recently had a show. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, we had a show at uh, FS1 Gallery, which is on 21st and Walnut. Uh, it was our first solo show, which was called uh, Geborgenheit which is an interesting word in German. Uh, the Germans describe the word as an emotional outburst without meaning. So uh, how are you feeling today, Geborgenheit? It's a great thing, it goes on. Uh, in American translation, Geborgenheit means security. And um, in our show, a lot of the paintings had to do with, with, with women and uh, uh, with the women movement at the moment. I feel like women are a great security that uh, we overlook. Um, when you're born, the first thing you know is love. The first face you see is your mom. That is your security. That is your Geborgenheit. And as we get older, uh, we tend to grow with our mothers more. It's, it's, it's even with our dads, but we seem to grow with our mothers more. And as we get older, we need women. And in those women, we see our mothers, whether we want to admit it or not. And that is also our Geborgenheit. Um, 
So it's 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 about security and women are security in this world. Like they are here, they should get the same rights as men do. They should get the same platform as we do. Because the only difference between a man and a woman is the WO. And that only stands for without. And we know what women don't have and men do have. But other than that, they are just as strong as we are. Right. Yes. And it's only for me to elaborate on what that actually is. Um, if you're an adult, you have an imagination and common sense, then you can reach out and figure it out for yourself. So now, that's interesting, interesting. But you know what's funny? Um, when I think about women in art, it's often, they're often synonymous with each other. Because you have many pieces of art created by some of the most renowned artists that feature women. The Mona Lisa. You know, you look at that piece of art and there's a story there. Her facial expression. You know, how she's posing. You know, it's just all these different things, these layers that are there that in a way shows her strength. You know, and her identity. You know, you don't have to see a blurb under it. You don't have to say, okay, she did this, she did that. You just look at the painting and you see her, not only for what she is, but what she may have been. Right. Exactly. You know, because artists, they take their muses very, very seriously. Very, very seriously. And when I look at your work, you know, also I'm a big fan of your work, and I have a painting um, my old, my uh, old spot that you gave me years ago. Yeah. This is fire. Um, but your recent work, you had figures, um, you had all types of, of women illustrated in in your pieces. But the, the cool thing about it for me is that they weren't the traditional. Like in terms of traditional versions of what we think beautiful is right. as what's, what's popularized in these magazines or like on, on the internet. Right. You know, you had the various hairstyles, the various faces and the, and the looks. So what inspired you and your wife to create um, those versions of women? Um, the, interesting, the interesting thing was uh, I wanted to do a show full of women. Um, and I wanted to do a show with women, but not their whole bodies. You know, I feel like a lot of the times we uh, get things conscrewed. Like, you've got a woman's body up there. Are you selling sex? Are you are you trying to make a movement or deeply say something? You know, uh, it's not a Calvin Klein commercial, <laughs> you know? Um, so we chose these faces because we wanted you to be able to look at them and be like, oh, my God. That almost looks like my friend so-and-so, so-and-so. Oh, my God. Looks like, did I see that girl walk past me up the street? I wanted it to be real. I wanted it to be a table, like, in a sense. Like, you know, like, yeah, I, I, I can get with this. I do see people who look like this. And, you know, not everybody can be an Amber Rose. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. not everybody can be these people that we put on magazines and say that's beautiful. You know what I mean? Like, you know, Hugh Hefner's gone, you know, and all of his magazines told women that this is what you're supposed to look like. But when you look at my paintings, it's like, 
be whatever you want. You're still strong. You're still beautiful. Your facial expressions still say what they have to say. And you still get words across without speaking. I think that's the most amazing thing that women can do that. Like men, we're different. You know, you got a problem. It's like, yo, man, what's up? Women, they just stare at you. They're just like, oh, <laughs> you know? So. <laughs> like, dude, it's funny because I remember like we were younger, we were growing up. Mm-hmm. And our mom just gave us those oh, yeah. looks. And oh, yeah. and we just knew. We were like, oh, man. Um, we have fucked up. <laughs> we have really fucked up. Royally, oh, right? Really fucked up. And get a look, get a look at side eye. And look, that stare. Like, all right, I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to go to my room. I'm going to read a book. <laughs> Take a chill pill. Take a chill pill. Oh, yeah. And just, you know, and understand the error of my ways without words. Right. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So, uh, and the thing is, uh, my wife, she was part of the faces. Um, we mixed a lot of faces together, like hence computer, like mass face together and we made it, um, made these faces. But a funny thing is like, um, I don't know this woman's name, but, uh, she came into the art show on the night of the show. Uh, she had to be about like five, two. She was a dancer for Alvin Ailey, very strong featured Afro-American woman. And she came in and she just stared. She stared. We had these paintings that were, they were all colors because of the background, but all the colors were in like different languages, you know, like Spanish, French, and whatever. But uh, purple, I'm just going to say purple right now because I don't remember what it was that we called it, but she stared at this painting. She came in, she got a glass of wine, she got the pretzels, she drank that wine. And I talked to all the, all the other people around and cracked jokes and stuff. We was having a good time. We just like, just stared. And I didn't approach her because like she... And this painting, they were talking, you know, and I didn't want to break that up. Uh, she went and got another thing of wine. So I said, okay, when she comes back over, I'm going to introduce myself and stuff. Um, but she walked and she looked at the other paintings and uh, I said, okay, I'm going to give her give her some time. So what I did was I went, I walked over to the painting and I'll be darned. Like, and you know, <laughs> God is my witness. Like, I looked at the painting and looked at her and it looked exactly like I've never met this woman in my life in my life like i have a picture i'll show you later on um in my life she stood next to it because i i introduced myself and you know told her who we were as equipment i dreams and um i said are you a model and she says no i used to dance for alvin ellie and i was like oh my god you know i'm blown away by people who dance for alvin ellie because i have lots of friends and that's really amazing but she looked exactly Minus the little, like, you know, like, braid, braided knots that we use to, like, draw the character. It, it's spitting image. And um, it was funny because I remember when we were picking out the faces and we made these faces. We made them, like, Frankenstein-style Photoshop. Like, and I was like, that's crazy. Like, I said, everybody's got a twin. And me and my wife laughed. It is true. <laughs> it is true. I will show you the picture. And, I mean, I don't know what to <laughs> do with this, but... Maybe put it up on your, on your Instagram or something, but she looks exactly like that painting. And, like, I I just had a hugger because I was just, like, wow. Cause I, to me, honestly, it was almost like she, like, crawled off that painting and was, like, in the freaking gallery. <laughs> like, it freaked me out. It, it freaked me out, but it was in, in a good way. But it was, it was awesome. It was really, really awesome. And she stood by it, and people were, like, taking pictures of her because they thought she was the model. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, it was crazy, yeah. But it's funny how the universe works, you know. Yeah. yeah. So the way even people say art imitates life, life imitates art, you know. Yeah. 
So that's that's ill. That's real ill, man. Um here's one thing that I always admire. You and your wife have a very beautiful relationship. Very beautiful relationship. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Thank you, God. Like God, you bless me, bro. Um. <laughs> yeah, because in these days and times, yeah. it's a rarity solely because so many people tend to have finite relationships mm-hmm. or they may get into these situations with ulterior motives. Right. right. Not really getting into it for what it's really for. Right. And you have to have that balance of mutual respect and energy to make it work. Sacrifices, compromises, all these things. Right. So, how does your relationship translate into your work? And not only just that question, but just build onto it further in terms of picking the images, the messages that you are both agreeing to to share with the of the outside world. Um wow. That's, that's, a, good one. that's a good question. Uh we I mean, I know it's weird to say that it's hard to explain, but it's like, it's just, it's energy. It's just energy. Like, it's, when we first got together, of course, you know, we talked. There were physical contacts that went on. It was bumping of the minds, but it's really just energy. Like, it's, I wake up in the morning and, like, sometimes I could just feel our energies off and just give her a hug. You know, it's like, no words, like, um... Uh, like I was saying to you earlier, she can come into the house and I don't know how her day was, but I can just feel it. You know what I mean? I can feel it. I don't know if I'm like going to crack a beer open and be like, damn word, you know, and hand it to her or I'm going to be like, and give her a hug. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's like I said, you know, thank you God. Like it's been blessed. It's been blessed. It's, it's something that like, you know, I, I can probably sit here and get all mushy you know, they have a dude play a violin behind me and whatnot. You know what I mean? Break out the Kleenex. But it's just like, we just, we flow. We flow. It's 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 flowing like when we used to go out to the bar. And we would all chill. Like, we didn't know where it was going, but it went. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know. Um, us doing our art, it's just, it's just emotional. Like, we'll see a face and she'll be like, I like her eyes. And I'll be like, yeah, her eyes are really cool. she would be like, yeah, they look like almonds. I'll be like, yeah, they do look like almonds. Like, you know what I mean? They'd be like, yo, she needs like a little bear nose. And then like, we'll go for like hours and hours on different faces and like mash them up. And then when we when we mash up that face, like we'll give the character a name. Who is she? Where is she from? You know what I mean? What's her background story? And these are things that we do. I don't know if we're listening to Metallica or like John Coltrane, like sipping on beer, like boom. We just, it's like we, we come together like that and uh, we don't have it all together. I love when people say, oh my God, your relationship is so awesome. It's so great. It's like, mm, nah, we're just living, bro. Like we're living. It's, you know, it's like there's, there's a, uh, there's no instruction to it. There's no instruction to it. Like I love her. She loves me. You know, there's things she does. I'm just like now, now, now come on now. 
And I know there's things that I do that she'd be like, you're an idiot. <laughs> you're an idiot. Um, but it's 100% honesty. It's 100% like love. Like she, she 100% fulfills me. Like I don't have to go up the street and like look at another broad and be like, oh my God. No, it's like she's got what I want right there. Like when I'm not near her, like there's times I'll pick up my phone and just be like a picture. That's that's me right there, kid. Word. You know what I mean? Word. You know? Um, she completes me, and um, I really wish and I pray that everyone out there gets a love like this. You know, like I don't, I don't get it. Like I, I get excited when I see people hold hands up the street and kiss and stuff like that. But what really moves me is when I see that that sixty year old dude with that. You know the 58 year old woman and they're still walking and holding hands to me that's like yeah boy like that's you know get it up hashtag relationships like right. <laughs> you know that's what i want but uh i hope i'm hitting your questions man because i'm i'm just i'm just oh you are. <laughs> you are you are it's fantastic yeah because yeah. you know it's just because we will always see each other in passing right. we always see you and i'm ready together in passing and uh, and when I started seeing you both with the twins, mm-hmm. and the scene, it, it was just like that image of just a family. Mm-hmm. It always touched me in ways, you know, that I was just couldn't really, couldn't really explain. But it was just a beautiful sight to see. Thank you, thank you. You know, so because me knowing you, like you've always been a stand-up dude. You know, funny as hell. You know, shout out to 40 ounces, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> this guy gave me a nickname, Mikey Sip Sip. Sip, Sip you know what I mean? Yo, Sip Sip, man. It's, just, it's real life. Hey, you, know, you, you know, I still call you that. We'll be in the house and she'll be like, she like, so, so what are you going to do? I said, I'm, I'm going to go over to Sip Sip. So like, she's like, oh, all right. You know what I mean? Like, you're just like that house, full name. Like, you know, when I, when I bring it up, like from on Instagram, the kids are looking and. <laughs> My daughter goes, uh, she's funny. She goes, she goes, because she doesn't say friend. She goes, friend. So she goes, dad, dad, friend. I say, yeah, that's dad, that's friend. That's sip, sip. And then she'll say, sip, sip. And I go, yes, yes, that is sip, sip. So that'd be cool. So when you come around and they start yelling sip, sip, that's going to be hilarious. That's, that's awesome. Because I earned that right. I earned that right in Mill Creek Tavern. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Shout Hands out to Mill Creek Tavern. Hands down. Mm. Crunchy ass chicken fingers, man. Oh Lord, that mercy. Yeah, we went on beer wing night. Yeah, we did. Right? Yeah, we did. Then they had karaoke that like right in the room next to us. Right, right, right. Yeah, it right. was that was an interesting night. That's a shame. They don't do that no more. They don't? They don't do the karaoke anymore right now. The beer and wings is like like once, twice a month. Yeah. Alright, just Yeah. Damn. We gotta go over there, man, because like, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff going. All right, yeah. I'm gonna check it out. It's, it's, it's been a while. Um, so here's um, a question for you. You are a New Yorker. Yeah. Through and through. Yeah. Coney Island. Yeah. <laughs> All that. So being a New Yorker and having the friends that you've had there, how did that impact your style of art? I, uh, well, first of all, the history of me doing art was my dad. 
my dad and my grandma. My grandmother was a really, really, really great painter. She was like, like whoa. And uh, as a young kid, uh, I remember doing scribbles and she would make pictures out of my scribbles. And it blew me away. And as I got older, I found out my dad drew. So, you know, um, 48th and Pine, uh, opened up two French doors, big, huge windows in the front. Um, he always listened to Angela by Bob James, like on repeat. Um, Classic. And uh, he will be drawing, like, comic book here, Savage Sword of Conan, you know, black and white ones, like, and he will be drawing it. And uh, I remember I would sit next to him on a crate, a milk crate. And uh, I always thought it was funny because my dad was like, when you draw, you got to make sure you breathe. And I remember as a kid being like, huh? <laughs> you know? Um, he started telling me about like light and shadow and foreshadowing, things like that. And uh, um, I started to try to draw. But uh, we ended up moving back to New York. And uh, that's when the world of graffiti, like, was introduced to me. I had this uh, Spanish kid, Pedro. It's just like, yo, yo, you write? Yeah, write down in the book what you talking about. Oh, no, 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 man. You got to get a mock top, yo. You got to write your name, yo. You got to get up. Now, to me, it's like, all right, I used to see graffiti all over the trains back in the day, coming up as a kid, but I, I was never really around graffiti artists. But this kid here was like the man. <laughs> I won't call his tag or anything like that, but he was the first cat to hit me going on trains. Uh, he was the first cat to, um, I got chased by cops with in the Freedom Tunnels and Fort Hamilton Parkway, like pushing it. <laughs> you know, sweating. Uh, um, he he would express his graffiti while he was doing it. And I remember when I first met him, I'm like, just shut up and just pick him in, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, just, just do your thing. But to him, it was cool because he'd be like, yo, man, see this yellow right here? This is sunshine yellow, yo. And this right here, this is feather green, yo. He said, this feeling is going to be ill. I wouldn't really get hype off. I'd be like, yeah, man, just, you know. But when you watched him put his stuff down, it was emotion. And every, and every spray of that can, his arm, his movement. Like, there was times he would dance before he would put the next fill on it. And, like, you standing there with cans, like, yo, could we run? If the cops come, could you finish this, you know? And I think that took New York and art and brought that together for me, you know? Um, to wake up in the morning and uh, go past a store and there was your tag. Nobody know who did it. Some people stop and look. Just two seconds is all you needed. But you were up while they were sleeping. You were living while they were going. And many, you was going to touch many people with just your name. Just your name. Whether they can read it or not. For two seconds of their life, they just got art trained. They got open to color. And whatever they were thinking about, you just interrupted it. If it was a bad thought, Boom. Whether they said, damn kids writing on the walls and stuff like that, I got your attention. It was better than the picture because I knew it was happening and I wasn't there. I was living, you know? Um, 
So when my when my art, um, I'm trained like fine arts. I'm trained in fine arts. Very 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 stiff styles. Uh, I use a lot of perspective, um, uh, a lot of graphic design, but I do it with my hand. Um, but I use colors that are vibrant, pop. You know, so like I'll take a strawberry pink and then I'll pop that with a hazard yellow. That's all kinds of crazy stuff to the eyes and little small squares, squares on top of each other. When you move your eyes, it moves, it comes to life. You know, um, I don't know. I, I guess my artwork is like the trains in New York. You know, the iron worm steadily moving. You know, the city may sleep on top, but they got to go. You know what I mean? It's got to move. That's um, what's wild poetic. I feel like I need to snap my fingers like Love Jones. Like, uh, yeah, that's that's my movie right there. Yo, Love Jones, <laughs> an amazing flick. That is a great If you haven't seen that, you should see Love. You Please do. Please. Please do, because you got to understand, like, that to me was, because that movie to me, it it was a different kind of blackness that I experienced with that movie. You're right. You know, because um, even with the music that my parents were listening to, because, like, of course, you had the mainstream stuff on the radio, right. you know, how rap was turning, but it was, like, during a time period where D'Angelo, Maxwell... Well. Uh, Michelle Pharrell, Will Downing, um, I want to say uh, Michelle Diglicello, got a name correct, yes, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, you these acts, you know what I'm saying, like, brand new heavies, it was just, and Janae, and, you know, uh, Le Nubians, it's like, it's this whole vibe of, like, I want to say, it was like, like, I don't know if you want to say Neo Soul, it, it was Neo Soul, it was Neo Soul in terms of, of the sound, but it was like, a neo-Afrocentrism as well wow. for a lot of us because, again, you know, you had, like, but I guess you can give credit to how Tribe and Native Tongues put it together. Yeah. You know, but the mid-90s, how the R&B, like, of course, how am I forgetting Erica Badu? Badu. Yeah. You know, that whole vibe just, like, pushed, you know, it, it made people like me feel a bit more comfortable mm-hmm. in my skin. Because again, yeah, I'm listening to like the hardcore rappers like on the radio. You know what I'm saying? How Biggie was doing it, whole Mob Deep was doing it. But their reality didn't necessarily match mine. Exactly. You know, like I was the nerd in the crib, video games, comic books, you know, just like cartoons, like Japanese, like Ronin Warriors. You know how we got down. So I needed to have something like that to bounce my perspective on, you know? So, yeah, but again, uh, pardon that uh, that quick excursion, but... That was a great excursion. Family, yeah. listen, Love Jones was... It was the move. Yeah. It was the move. So now, since we're on music, <laughs> and I know you're a fan of music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Who's your favorite artist, right? Okay. And who... Do you listen to while you're creating? Ooh, man. Uh, tribe. Tribe. De La Tribe. Jungle Brothers. Native Tongues. Like, hands down on everything. Hands down. Hands down. If, if it's not that, it's jazz. Because 
they just flow. Like, they flow back and forth. Um, um, Q-tip. My hands down. The most butteriest flow. Ellis, Ellis voice. You know, I'm sorry, Guru. You know, much respect, brother, but... <laughs> yeah. All his but, but <laughs> Sorry, Guru, but, like, tips, hands down. Like, um, I always like to start off when creating down in a room by myself. Um, the beginning, the people instinctive travels. The push it along joint. The, when the baby starts crying. Yo. Like, that, that sip of a, a beer... And just let that flow. Like, it, it, it mellowed. That, that'll set the tempo. Like, that canvas has got nothing on it. And that baby starts crying. Are oh, you kidding me? It's on. <laughs> Hands down, it's on. If you start that with every... That, that whole album is... It's, it's, it's joyous education. It's just joyous. Like, every beat pops. The Boom Bap era is amazing. To listen to that, like, like that gets me bobbing. That's like, all right, this pencil's gonna go here, this line is gonna go here, this is gonna go there. Okay, step back. You know what I mean? B boy stance. Like, it just works. It just works. It just works. Uh, De La Soul is dead. That's another album that I gotta like. I gotta throw that in there because that is just an amazing album. And 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 it's like they're reading a storybook to you. Yo, I, like, that's the first time I ever heard anybody use the term dick snot. <laughs> and the skit, I was like, <laughs> yo. <laughs> what was that damn sound effect? It's like, rock him. <laughs> rock him. Yeah, rock him. Rock him. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm getting smacked, man. But, like, the album, my album was incredible. To this day, I still laugh at that. It was like, dick snot. Fuck, crust nigga. Get over here. What's the ills nut, Bills nut? Gills nut? What? <laughs> What to this day? Like, I'll stop and just be like, yo, for real? What? Yeah, but that's classic, classic album. Like, um, I've heard some of De La's new stuff. Um, I'm definitely feeling it. You can see that they've matured and got older. Um, the Last Tribe album, okay, you're probably going to come at me on this one. And, you know, love you to death, bro. But I have to give that album a seven. Out of 10? Out of 10. It's better than five. So, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm all good with that. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay. long as you say it was trash. No. I'm like, oh, man. No, no. Because everybody it's, calls it's... everything trash these days for some odd reason. I don't know why. But that's the cool thing to do. Yeah. But but why did you give it a seven? Um, I know nothing could... You can't repeat the past. You can't repeat the past. That's one thing. I just felt that the album was way all over the place. It wasn't. It wasn't like. It wasn't like Balloon Mind State. Like Balloon Mind State was all over the place, but it worked. It 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 gradually and continually worked. Now that's just my personal opinion. And for those who are unaware, um, Balloon Mind State is Dela's third third EP that came out ninety three. Three. The uh, latest single was uh, Break of Dawn. Dawn. Uh, yeah, the, the hit singles. Um, we said the singles. I am my B. Ego tripping was on that Eagle one. Trip. Part, Eagle trip. Was it part two? Two. Part two was on that yeah, one. Yeah. Classic album. If you ain't heard it, check it out. Yeah. Back to. Yeah. Um. But this this album, I felt like it didn't mesh. It didn't mesh. 
I feel like maybe if you re- rearranged the songs around, it would mess. It just—I had to listen to it three times before it took hold of me, and that's just crazy. Like anything Tribe or Daylight's ever put down, I've been like, "Up, oh, more, please." Big Spoon, you know. This I was like, oh, "Okay," you know, and it, it, was, it was crazy because like I really wanted that album. Hard when that was coming out, man. I was like all over. I remember hitting you up like, "Oh my god, Tribe as well." Yeah, <laughs> like, we was know? on it. Um, but <sighs> Comet's album got a higher note to me. What com? Which Comet album? The latest one? Nobody, uh, nobody smiling. That one? No, no. What was, what was the last one you did? Uh, um, the track is what you doing to my heart is. I feel man, yeah. yeah. Oh, snap. Wait a minute. The last common joint. Yeah, Stevie Wonder on one of the tracks as well. Uh, we are Black American Story. Yeah, well, I think it was called Black America, right? Black America. Okay. Was it like Black America Now or something, something like, like that? Something like that, like, right? Black America Again. Black, Black America, America Again. Again. Now, that album got a higher ranking than the Triumph album. See. All right, so you know what? <laughs> it, it, here's, here's the thing about it. Okay. I have to often check myself as a music fan. Right. Because as much as I may say, yo, everything Tribe do or does, excuse me, everything Tribe does is fantastic. It's on point. Right, right. Sometimes that kind of keeps you from being honest about it. Now, I love Tribe's album because... I love Tribe. So, like, anything new from them, I'll take it. Right. You know, like, yo, put it in a sandwich. I'll put it in a lunch bag. I'm having a good old day, you know? Right. But I think what made it kind of difficult for day one Tribe fans is that Fife was only there for a certain amount of songs. Right. And other songs, you had, like, uh, like a Buster Duh. and Cons. And that song was ill to me, don't get me wrong, but for a lot of us, we heard New Tribe, we thinking we get all tip, all Fife, right. all Ali, you know, and... What, a little bit of Jerobi? A little bit of Jerobi, yeah. yeah. And, yo, that's, let me give some props now to Jerobi for his verses on that album. Sick. Ridiculous. Because me, I, I, um, I had the pleasure of meeting Jerobi here in Philly randomly. Randomly. Because uh, homie, uh, Spec, um, Spec27, shout out to you. I don't, I don't know if I want me to use your real name or not. But yeah, that's cool. I know out. Spec. I know Spec. You know shout Spec. out to him. Yeah, yeah, shout out to yeah, Spec, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> he is like, yo, man, I'm, I ran into him yesterday at, you know, at, at work. I'm saying, I said, word, that's, that's like, hell, what, Jerome? What? So <laughs> I did the sound felt, what? So <laughs> um, I'm downtown one day, and I'm on the corner of... 17th and Chestnut. Wow. You know, there's a Liberty Place right there yeah, yeah, and yeah, the Rite Aid right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm coming across the street. I'm looking over and I see Jerobi on the corner outside of Rite Aid smoking a cigarette, just chilling. Mm. It, might have, it was a cigarette. Yeah, it was a cigarette. I'm not sure if he was smoking or not. But I think my mind was a cigarette, so pardon me, you know. But um, he was there. I walk up to him. I'm like, Yo, <laughs> but I didn't want to like be, you know, oh, like fanboy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I didn't want to yeah, do that. Right. But 
I couldn't help it. Cause it's you, Roby. It's a Roby. And you understand, like, when I was a kid, we were both kids listening to the first Tribe album, right? And I'm not sure what, what song it was. It may have been the end of Anita Applebaum. And the after part, like, sex, sex. sex. Sex, sex, right? Freaks. Freaks, sex. Peace. Peace. Well, like all that. And it gets to the joint and the, um, the beat for um, Can I Kick It comes on. Boom, 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 boom. boom. And Jerobi goes in as introduction for every person on the song, so, right? Yeah, Todd. Yeah. He then goes like, and me, Jerobi. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, yo, who is this dude, man? Because I, I didn't hear him afterwards, but I found out later he went to um, culinary school, and I heard he's killing up there in New York. Yeah, he's got his own restaurant. Yo, he's bananas. So I saw him right around the time when the album was out. I was like, yo! But I was like, <laughs> but me, how my voice is, I'm like, yo, man, much respect to you, bro. You know, welcome right, to the right, city of right. Philadelphia and all that, man. <laughs> you have a good one. Peace and love. Because what it was, you know what, the album did come, didn't come out yet. When I saw him, it was about, I want to say, close to a month after Fife had passed. So he was in the city. And I didn't want to be like one of them dudes like, yo, man, pictures and shit. You know, because yeah. I couldn't. Because after, after Fife passed, I'm like, yo, he probably get a lot of that wherever yeah. he goes. And he's, he's probably in the city is trying, trying to chill and relax. So I was like, yo, man. You know, it was good to meet him, shook his hand. I kept moving. Hit that corner. First of all, I had the cool, like, cool walk away, like, all right, man, pigs. Hit that corner, man, on 17th for Chestnut <laughs> going towards uh, Walnut. I was like, get the deal. <laughs> I'm a drone. Yeah, I went into two, man. Like, what? I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Um, yo, but have you heard his new stuff with uh, Dress? I didn't hear that tape. Yo, it, it's, it's got bars, man. Like, just, wow. Like, uh, I seen Dress when I was in the city. With, uh, took my son to the city. My, my brother had a uh, baby boy. Shout out, Sha. You know what I mean? Congratulations. You know? um, got off at uh, 42nd Street. Was walking across from the Madison Square Garden. And Dress was walking by. I said, yo, what's up, Dress? He said, yo, what's up, Black? Just kept it moving. Like, you know, like you said, I got a couple blocks away. I looked behind me. I was like, where? Hold my son. Like, yeah. By the back of the dome. Like, yeah. Strong white homies. <laughs> yeah, man. I was definitely still for that, man. Engine. Engine. Number nine. Yo, yeah, yo, my New York Transit line. If my train falls off the track, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Yo, every time that song got played in a party, we always got low. You know, oh, and my yeah. train goes off the track. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Yeah, man. Was... Sing. Yo, man, that that track was just out of control. And, and, the, and the thing is, like, I heard rumor wise that him and Mr. Wong were even talking. Really? Yeah. Or they don't talk at all. They did that one last album. Um, I think it was ninety. I think it was ninety nine. They dropped this strange album. I forget the title of it. It had like maybe three or four tracks on it that was like bumping. Like, you know, Mr. Lost Production was like out of control, but that was it. They like stopped and then he changed his name to uh, Dress the Black Sheep and that was it. Like, bro. Yeah. I thought they had a reunion recently. Fell off the map, dude. 
Because, y'all, they, they had the joint, because um, I like their uh, the lead single from the nonfiction album. Nonfiction, yeah. The yeah, joint, yeah. Um, what is it, Without a Doubt? Without a Doubt. Yeah. was that, but that was like premier, like a premier New York record. Yeah. The vibes on it, production, the rhymes, it was, it was, it was ill. It was floating, and it, you, you, you know what I think? And I mean, I, I know we're going off on this tangent about hip hop right now, but between me and you, that's crazy. Yeah, like, <laughs> this is what it is. Just what it is. Um, I love hip hop. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm, I'm a hip hop head. Um, I'm not a fan of trap. I, I don't feel like I should be trapped on anything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, beats. Beats. As a person, I used to freestyle back in the day and be an MC. And when the lyricist, you know, because I mean, you can call him an MC, but I say, say lyricist. Um, when they went over a beat, they complimented the beat with their voice, but the beat was so fresh. Like, sometimes, like, you would hear a beat come on. Like, they think of your favorite track. You're, you're like, most famous track. And you know that beat drops. Even before the MC speaks, and you're like, it's about to go down. It's about to go down. Super ignorant. Um, uh, another beat I, I love, Far Side, Passing Me By beat. Come on, man. Come on. Like, that track is, like, ridiculous. Nowadays, the beats are like, what? I feel like, like nowadays... Somebody playing the beats, Zelda? They're too, I feel like nowadays the beats are too clean. You know, like, in terms yeah. of just how... Yeah. Because, like, listen, I'll... Look, you mentioned how a song comes on, you already know what's about to go down mm-hmm. before it goes down. Perfect example of that is um what is it? Is Buster Rhymes Everything Remains Raw from the coming album. Oh my Easy Mo B. Goodness. Listen. Dude. Come on, man. That the it it the it builds up so subtle. It's so subtle. But you know it's coming. You know it's coming. Like, and when and when it smacks you, you ain't got no choice but the wild out. You got no choice but the wild out. None. Beats nowadays don't do that for you. They're they're almost like they're almost like the '80s new wave era. Remember, remember how we scooped out of uh, we scooped out of things like Santana. We scooped out of things of like Earth, Wind, and Fire. Like you heard every instrument and it moved you. Fire. Fire. And now, beats are like, <laughs> and you put a little loop over it, and then guys are like, <laughs> and then you just hear the What? <laughs> what? There's, and maybe because maybe I'm older, mm-hmm. and that is for the new generation, but it's hard to know that you grew up in an era where hip hop was hip hop was booming, dude. There was there was nothing you could do about it. It was in your face. You know, there was preachers that was like, it's not gonna last long. And well, hey, hey. Um, and my personal things, just my personal uh how I feel about this, so nobody don't throw nothing at me. Um, I feel after the nineties. When they started putting all this money and stuff in, saying that you know you sample this song, you got to pay this much money of it. That killed the funk. That killed James. That killed. That killed Bob James. 
you know, and we lost those beats. You know what I'm saying? Because nowadays you tell a cat Bob James, they're like, what? And I, and then you put on something like boom, 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 boom. Everybody's like, oh God, yo, that's that's part of the woo John. Oh yeah, yeah, I know what that is. But it's like that sample was so crispy, so clean. And now we don't have that no more. So Nerd, nerd break, pardon <laughs> Um that sample was referring to was Bob James Nautilus. Nautilus, yes, definitely, definitely. Off the Bob James one album. 1976. Boom. Heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I heard it here first, but you heard it but here. But you heard it here. <laughs> you know, so yeah, take that, put um, it on the pipe and smoke it. But, uh, yeah, so beats have changed. Like, we're, at one point in time, people was like, yo, these cats are real cool. Like, you know, Roberto the Slick. You know, cool like that, fat like that. We don't have that anymore. So, is hip hop also saying that we've lost our way from the traditional bebop scat sound that actually talk from the soul to the point where now we're so genetically made that everything is uh, keyboard, keyboard, synthesizer, keyboard, it's fake, there's no soul. And that's why our rappers kind of sound like they're like chanting in the labyrinth and rolling dice for dexterity. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, like, <laughs> hilarious. Uh, I'm thoroughly enjoying these. Uh, <laughs> but it's true. I mean, because like, there's some, like you said, but some things are for the new generation. And I don't fault that. But it's like, listen, whatever you're doing, whatever, however it sounds, I need there to be a message in your music. Like, Say something, you know, like no matter if you're telling telling the story, you can be blanked out all day, but at least have a bit of like a bit of content there. Yeah, some substance. Some yeah. substance yeah. to it. Tell them to make it last longer than you know than a one hit wonder. You know, because right. anybody can make a song about like next till chirping. You know, that was the actual song back in the day. You know what I'm talking about? Like my next till chirp. You know, like yeah. Anybody can have a song like that and it'd be hot for a minute, yeah. but in terms of its lasting power, like, right. you know. There's nothing concrete in there. It's, 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 not, it's, it's not iconic. Exactly. Right. It's, it's So I, I feel like that that kind of scares me, you know? Like, like linking with you is, is, is great for me because it's like, me and you can go all day, like, yo, yo, remember this track, yo, remember this track, remember this track. And then I go home and I lay those tracks down and be like, yeah, you know? Where was I when I first heard this track? I mean, kids nowadays are going to do the same thing. It just, it just doesn't have that oomph. You know what I mean? Right. It doesn't have that oomph. Hip-hop back in the day, like, as much as your parents will claim, complain about it, turn that down in my house. They knew the sample in the back. Uh, that's my dad. Like, my, because my dad was, my parents were young when they had me. So, pretty much... My dad was the one buying the Rakim albums, the Kim play albums, like all that when I was like four, you know. But there were joints on there that he knew because he had the vinyl album in his collection. Yeah. It was right there. Yeah. It was yeah. right there. So yeah. you know, we had that we had that balance. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what made that's what allowed us to have an appreciation for the generation that came before us because we were exposed to what they made, who they were. See, nowadays it's a bit different because, like you said, 
you know, like sampling isn't happening anymore. So no one is really taking the time to read the album lines. Though I was, I used to like get down on the floor, read the album lines, who produced what, who played what, where was it recorded, record plant, electric lady, you know, Chunk King. You know, Chunking, like this, them places, it was recorded over right there. Cool. Who was the uh, engineer? Bob Power. All right, cool. Right. You know, right. And like, we, it was, it was that experience that we had versus like now, I mean, I, I, I guess now it's like they're starting from scratch now. Because they come, come with a clean slate where they're not really checking for who did what, who, you know, who wrote what. They just have it there in front of their faces. Mm-hmm. You know, they just know, like, these days they know a producer and they know, it's like, the performer of a song. Right. You know, like, in terms of, I don't know if it's such a big deal anymore to know, to, to find a sample. Some people, like, it's funny because, like, back in the day, you had to find a sample yourself. Yes, you did. It wasn't laid out for you. You know, like a certain, we had to read the album lines. That's where you will see, oh, sample from so and so and so and so because right, right. Their, their name will be in like who wrote the song, the song. right there. Mm-hmm. See, nowadays people will put out these lists like, yo, Kendrick Lamar album, boom, all the samples. And you'll get all the samples right there. I, I get told as it access was too, it was too easy to access. Right. It was too easy to put your hands yeah, on the phone. Yeah, yeah, you had to work on it. Yeah. Like me, I'm like, yo, if I had an album like the Buster joint, for um, who remained like um, the coming album? Yeah, we had to go through and see each one and then find out which one it was. Mm-hmm. It's like a, it's like a seek and find mission, right? And that's you know record collectors, right? Cats like that. That's what made it fun. Exactly. That's why I spent. If you look to your uh, your right, there's your yeah. You look to your right. I spent dumb money yeah, on all these joints. Records I'm, I'm putting to my apartment. Records peeping that I have. Peeping at Ohio players. Brother. <laughs> Listen. The Ohio peeping players. Ohio players. They'll sleep. You know, like, what? And it was kind of funny. Let's, let's bring it around full circle. Because the Ohio players album covers celebrated the hell out of women. Women of color. Right? Mm-hmm. Not only that, these women were all built the same. Right. They were built. <laughs> but they were all, they were different in their own way. You know, except for her hairstyle is like, that's that 80s, like, Jerry Curl mess. Jerry Curl jump off, kind of like. It's got a Jerry Curl mullet. Yes, yes it is. You know, <laughs> it's probably popular in, like, the Midwest, and like, down south, like, St. Louis, you know what I mean, in the early yeah, 80s. Yeah. You, know, you can't have it sitting on your couch. But you got plastic on plastic it. Plastic on it, right. And then, then you'll be safe. But then again, in the 80s, we did wear a lot of cowboy stuff. Like the, perfect example, the, uh, the group. The, uh, what is it, the system? Don't disturb this group. Come on, man. Did they not have everything cowboy on in that, in that video? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. See, talking music with you, man, it's just great. Yo, <laughs> this is all we, it's all we do, man. Oh, my God. So, like, this is an idea. Like, have you ever, guys ever been... Um, you know, you and Ray have been approached to do album covers? Um, I actually did an album cover for a Japanese band. We were approached to do an album cover, um, but that fell through, which, which, 
Fucking dookie. No, it was Lionel Kitty City. I, I was frowning. <laughs> Shout out to Kitty City. If you know, you know. If you, you don't, know, you, know, right? you weren't born early enough to know the importance. Because, see, before, like, Amazon came into the game with, like, online shopping, yeah. a few years before that, Toys R Us had a monopoly on the game. Yeah. KB didn't really last that, that long. long. That's right. But in the, I want to say the 80s, Kitty City was yeah. the competition for Toys R Us. Now, on some Philly shit, right? Kitty City. <laughs> this is back in the days when 69th Street was the spot. Yeah. It was the spot. So 69th Street, you go up there, it was right next door to Sears. Yeah. Sears is right there. <laughs> and because McDonald's across the street from Sears, but it was like Sears, and on the corner was Kitty City. Yeah. It was Kitty City and had all the games in there. The, the bikes, toys. all the toys. Big kangaroo on the front. Big kangaroo, yeah. Like, yeah. for real, like, people love Jeffrey the giraffe <laughs> from Toys of Us. They loved them, but you couldn't Yo, fuck you with them fucking kangaroo. Name? What? You couldn't fuck the kangaroo, man. That's right. His name was Jeffrey. Oh, man. It's good stuff. That's good man. Stuff. Yeah, we didn't want to grow up. We became Toys of Us kids by force because Kenny City was gone. Then someone upside down. It did. <laughs> I mean, then someone the KB Toy Stores with a little like Nutcracker Man as the, uh, yeah, the as logo. logo. Yeah, 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 you know. But after that was gone, you know, it was, it was whatever. <laughs> it was whatever, man. Just I just destroyed everything I, that I I enjoyed and held dear, man. Yeah. I got Ducktales for the Nintendo. You know what I mean? From Kitty City, man. Y'all yeah, took it away from me, man. <laughs> For what? What did y'all put there? In place of Kitty City. Marshalls? Oh, I can't get no games for Marshalls. <laughs> ain't no basketballs at Marshalls. <laughs> the hell are you gonna put a Marshalls there for? We got Kitty City, man. Oh, man. Life is this it is it's a story of life, man. A story yeah. of life. But I think it'll be ill. You see, like, and like, and Criminal Dreams, like, had like, like fictional album covers. Yeah, I think that would be slick because it was like, yo, just just to express, like, even like funky, funky names and shit like that. Because <laughs> it's funny, I like, look at like, I was listening to an interview earlier today with Method Man, <laughs> and he was saying like, Wu Tang, they had like these funny names for songs, but the songs had nothing to do with the name of the songs. Like, this is a vice. Like, this is a vice. What's it about? And it's just something about something completely different. It's just incarcerated scar faces. It's just, it's just these, it's just this vibe, you know? I can see y'all doing that, man. All right, here's um, what else I want to get to you, um, ask you about. Because I have uh, people, some people that I know, shout out to my main man, Mike, um, Michael Barr, and my cousin Kev. They're going to be fathers soon. Oh, yo, shout out. Congratulations, y'all. Bless. Shout out to both of y'all. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a blessing. So, how has fatherhood impacted your art, right? And what, how has it allowed you to grow as a person? I, for one thing, because I want to start it off. 
everything your mom said to you back in the day when he was hard headed didn't want to listen. Oh, it makes so much sense now. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. Oh man, it's Lord, facts. Lord, Lord. Um, the hard head makes a soft behind. It's so true. Um, it definitely made my work a lot brighter. Um, I think before before I left New York, my my my, my color palette was very dark. A lot of grays, a lot of like silvers, like very matte colors. Um, and then when I found out she was pregnant, like even even my clothes, the things that I would wear, got real bright. Like it got real bright. Like uh, uh, I'm a fan of soccer jerseys. Like if y'all cats ever meet me and cats that know me, like I'm huge soccer fan. Like huge soccer fan. He's wearing one right now. (laughs) (laughs) Huge soccer fan. And soccer jerseys are usually bright. But I always said to myself that uh, when I was going to have kids, I was always going to dress bright. Like bright. You know what I'm saying? Like like, uh, my mom and dad was different. They wore black leathers, black shades, Clarks, or New Balance, and uh, uh, Tams. So, you know, my dad used to look like Eddie Murphy from, you know, come... You know, uh, give me the knife. They go himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So my dad used to look like that, and my mom, she was just so sister. You know? But I remember being being a kid, being like, you know, damn, mom and dad, like, dressed in all black. But I understand that. But when I said when I get older, I wanted to wear something really bright for the kids, like you know, something bomb, cast their attention. It's daddy, you know. Um, so I started to wear a lot of bright stuff. My paintings. Super bright. I mean, like I was almost rocking neons, dude. Like I was purposely trying to rock people's eyes. Like I wanted to, like you know, deer in headlights when you stared at the painting. You know what I mean? Like uh, no apology. But uh, fatherhood has changed me so much. It, 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 you know, it makes me happy. Like one thing that my wife made me happy, but to, to, to like make two people. <laughs> two little people with her like there's two little Kai's and Ray's running around the house they you know like when we paint we give them crayons you know what I mean and they're like drawing all over stuff it's 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 awesome it's, it's the greatest feeling in the world um and it's bright like I wear some bright ass stuff and I know Mike you probably sit here cause my sleeve is bright than the mug right now bro <laughs> <laughs> True story. True story. I concur. <laughs> Sleeves are bright yellow. Um, but yeah, man, it's goldenrod. Go, yeah, my man, worked up. I had crayons as a child. <laughs> Facts though, they had crayons as a child. I had a sixty-four crayon Crayola joint. Yo, did you have the one that had the sharpener right the side? Yes, I did. Bong. Yes, I did. <laughs> Just right, wow. right, right in the joint. Right in the jewel, right? I'm like, yeah, all right. Yeah. Yeah, I used to have some sharp-ass crayons, but you might just... For no reason, I'm like, fuck color. I'm just going to sharpen these joints up real quick. Let's have these vibrant daggers, daggers in the box. in the box, right? Yep. That's crazy. That's what's up. Not a lot of people know about that, man. Come on, man. Not a lot of people know about that. I asked people, and they was like, there was a sharpener on the side? I was like, I don't want to talk to me, you know? What kind of, <laughs> what kind of ignorant person are you? Who, who raised you? Savages. Oh, um, damn it. But, uh, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's amazing. And for all the fathers out there, um, 
like myself, I work from home and I stay home with the kids. Um, know that what you're doing is important. Know that what you're doing is is contributing to the child's life, contributing to the family. Um, it's okay to get stressed. Um, there's 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 absolutely no kind of blueprint that comes with this. Um, and remember that everything that they see every day is a miracle to them. Remember to embrace everything that they see, they do, they, they learn to speak, they learn texture. It makes the world new for you. So there was a time like before I had the kids, like I was, I was, squirrel got on my nerves. People got on my nerves. It's just, ah, people, ah, you serious? Gotta get up and go outside? But now I can't wait. Because my twin son and daughter is going to be like tree. You know, uh, my son called churches church. You know, what is that, Henri? Church. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, baby, dumb magic wand. You know, it's just like church. Church. Tabernacle. <laughs> um, uh, take that all in. Like every moment that you can. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, there's times where like my son just won't listen. You know, they're in that, like, terrible twos phase. And, like, the boy just won't listen. They're just like, don't you throw that. And he waits till you get right there. And then he's at the free throw line. He threw it. <laughs> you know? Um, like Trump with the uh, paper towels. Oh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> just. Lord have mercy. Um, oh, man. But definitely, definitely soak it all out. Because you only get to do this once, only going to be two once. They're only going to be one month. They're only going to be four or five. They're going to be 17 at one day. And it all matters, yo. It all matters. It all matters. You are the foundation in their lives, you know? Like, you know, these kids got a LeBron or a Michael Jordan, but secretly below all of that surface and all of the, like, cell phones and texting and they're not paying attention to you, they are. They so are. Everything you do, because to you, to them, you are amazing. Your mommy and daddy and that name, those names have so much written on them. You know, this is a definition that even if you put it in a Webster's Dictionary, it cannot define it. It cannot. There's, there, there's nothing like waking up in the morning when you used to do a nine to five and you would wake up, you had to cast a trolley, you got to go to work and clock in. But then you wake up and open up a door and there's two special human beings staring at you saying, good morning, daddy. And they don't really say it like that. They'll probably gerbil it, but it's 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 good morning for real. Because they don't know nothing else but you and mommy and daddy. And every experience that you're giving them is like amazing. Every color of that crayon that they scratch because they think they're making lines like we are is amazing. Every basketball that you shoot and your son tries or your daughter tries, it's amazing. You are now, in your own way, creators. We will never be gods. We'll never be God. Like, you can never live as old as God. But in some small way, he does give us an opportunity to be create and create something amazing for this world to contribute back to. So all the learnings from your mom and your dad and your grandmothers and your grandfathers, listen, listen listen because mark my words it's going to pop up out of nowhere you know you're going to be you're going to be the one son or daughter or mother or father that's going to be like oh 
you, you mess around, I gave you something to cry about. And like, oh, mom used to say that. <laughs> mom used to say that. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I know some. It, it, it's scary as hell. You know, I thought I was having one child. And we went to the doctor for her her test and they put the little tethoscope on her stomach and uh, it sounded like a techno beat. What's wrong with my child? I said, and the lady said, I'll be right back. And I was like, what? I looked at my wife, where this chick going? Oh, you're just going to be leaving the Thomas's, what? So she came back into the room and she said, um, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but you're having twins. That was the happiest day of my damn life. Do you understand what I'm saying? The happiest day of my damn life. I had two kids. Did we have enough money? I don't know. No. Did we plan enough for it? <laughs> no. Do you know what we were going to do? <laughs> no. I just know I wanted to get the jelly off her stomach so we could get out. And go <laughs> you know? Uh, oh, man. But the most awesome time, like holding her hand and walking around knowing that she was carrying two angels in her stomach. And we did that together. We couldn't, you know, I, like I said before, I can't sit here and explain our love. Like, oh, we do this and that. It's just an emotion. It's a feeling. Like, to, dude, I was so excited. We went to McDonald's. She wanted French fries, man. She said, I need French fries. And I ordered two big, large French fries. Like, I don't, she didn't need two big, large French fries, but I was balling. I was daddy ball at that moment, dude. I don't know. And the whole time we stood in line, like, we was like the fifth. And I must have kissed her stomach like five times. She said, I will slap your face. You need to stop kissing my stomach. I need my fries. <laughs> but amazing, man. Amazing. Like, and and I just want to do my best, you know? You know, um, my dad, super cool dude. Still super cool dude. Like, I want to be where my dad was. You know, when I was young, he used to say all these riddles. I used to be like, so why can't I go to the party? Do you need to go to the party? Or do you want to go to the party? What? <laughs> oh. What? Uh, the party started about an hour ago, and I'm still not there. You know what I mean? I'll be deep, bro. But to this day, I thank him for all that. To this day, I thank my mom for all that. My grandmother, my grandfather. You know what I'm saying? Because... Whether you know or not, the people that they raised you, you have people in your life based on how you came up with your folks. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Sip Sip is like my homie, dude. Like, like my homie, like hands down. Like, I, you know, and I know a lot of people. I know a lot of people. And there's a lot of people that I associate. But when you say friend, you got to make sure you say friend in the right way. Because when you break the word friend down, Friday's end. And we all can't have weekends. But he is a friend that is forever. You know what I'm saying? So, solid out to Mike Sips, you know what I'm saying? And, um, yeah, I think I'm done. Yo, just raise your shorties right, you know what I'm saying? Diversify your bonds. You know what? <laughs> That's a perfect way to end it, but I have one more question for you, right? Yeah. It's a fill in the blank. You are Kaheem Thomas. Yes. And you describe yourself as... Only is one word. Life. There you go. <laughs> there you have it. Life. The interview with 
Mr. Kaheem Thomas of Quimini Dream. Shout out to his lovely wife, Ray Thomas. Yeah, yeah. And to the children that they have, the lovely twins. Henri and Nia. Shout out to them. They have great hair. (laughs) Serious. They have locks of love, man. I'm over here and my hairline is like looking shifty some days. I'm like, God damn it, youth. Mine is in my back pocket, so you chilling right now. Yo, listen. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's why I, like my barber, he pushes the hairline back just enough so it looks offensive. <laughs> and like, damn, Mike, why your forehead look so big? Like, first of all, damn it, my forehead been this size. Don't be ignorant. Okay. Don't be able to be respectful to me and my hairline that I've earned. Yo. Okay. Right? Let's, oh, just, let's just leave it at that. <laughs> Go back to Dottie's, get my vegan donut, and shut up. Definitely. Seriously, bro. Yo, next time, all right, if I mention Dottie's again, I better get a sponsorship. Like, yo, free donuts, like your word. <laughs> Give me my apple fritters, B. Give me apple right. chunks in it, B. Word, B. <laughs> All right, this is the interview. Thank you very much. Shout out to Kaheem Thomas, and we out of here. All right, yo, peace. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and people all around the world, that was the very first episode of the 1984 Fly Dot Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Hope you laughed. Hope you thought about things and all around just had a good time. Well, all right. I'll catch y'all next time. Peace.